Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, joined here with my co-host, girlfriend, partner, the Davis to my Wallace, <laughs> Kara Zelaya. How much did you think about who was who? It took me a while, I but I figured you're more of the schemer than I am. Oh, definitely, definitely. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That is correct. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites for no other reason than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Sweet Kara, what are we watching this week? So this week, we are taking a look back at 1954's White Christmas, directed by Michael Curtiz, Starring Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen. All as the titulars White Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> and with music by Irving Berlin. Oh, Irving. We'll get into you in a little we'll while. We'll get into you, Irving. Uh, so also as is tradition, Kara has never seen this movie before. Of course I haven't. Of course so, I haven't. What do you, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought this movie was going to be about? Absolutely. So often, right before we sit down to record, I jot down some of my thoughts about what I think it's going to be about. And this time you were like, are you going to write it down? And I very much waved you off (laughs) and was like, I don't know, there's a hotel, it's Christmas, there's lots of white people in it, it snows, basically Holiday Inn. Yeah. Which I stand by, because that's exactly what it was. That's that's pretty much the movie. That's the whole movie. But upon doing research for our fun facts section, I realized that, yes, it is the ferociously less problematic version of Holiday Inn. And so famously, I worked in a bunch of theater companies in my time in New York, and one of those companies did do Holiday Inn one season. So we'll circle back to this for my fun facts section. Perfect. But that was all that I knew. Oh, and I assumed the song was in it. But that's that's pretty much it. What about you? What was your general recollection of White Christmas? And, and like, how long has it been since you've seen it? Um, I, I don't know when the last time I saw it was, but we, I used to watch this movie a lot in choir right after. Oh, yeah. You know, it was right after the winter concert, but mm. right before winter break. So you had that like week yeah. of nothing going on. You're not starting new music or anything. And so it would alternate like what movie we'd watch every year, I feel like. But I feel like I watched White Christmas two or three times during my high school and middle school choir career. Our time in choir comes up a lot in this podcast. There's a lot of musical Christmas movies. Yeah. And a lot of Christmas music is played in these movies, obviously. And that's stuff we sang in choir (laughs) around Christmas. It's still the thing I miss the most about being in an academic setting is just having a choir to just sing Christmas songs in. So yeah, we love a Christmas jingle. We, (laughs) We sure do. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what this movie was actually about, even though I already did your job for you. You did my job. You missed a lot of the subplot of this movie. I mean, this movie is endless subplot, but take it away. Like a lot of the movies we watch, this movie is entirely subplot. (laughs) (laughs) So as we mentioned, this movie stars Bing Crosby as Bob Wallace, Danny Kaye as Phil Davis. So Wallace and Davis are the two main male leads in the movie. And then Rosemary Clooney plays Betty, who is sisters with Vera Ellen's character, Judy Haynes. Wait, are they sisters? In the movie, they are. Not no in real way. life. They're sisters? Do they talk about it all the time? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sorry. I'm hijacking your summary. Sisters, Go ahead. sisters. We don't have the rights. We don't have the rights. Never, ever, ever had don't a have the rights. Yeah, so they play sisters in this movie who are the love interests and also female leads of the movie to Wallace and Davis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mixing up their names throughout and... Everyone's going to just love it. I'm going to be saying Bing Crosby, Wallace, Danny K, Phil Davis. I'm going to be saying all of the actor and character names throughout. So just... You know, that's what that's what happens when there's not diverse casting. It is what it is. (laughs) We're just going to we're just going to do our best. So I'm going to just going to pretty quick beat by beat of what what the major points of this movie are, or at least what I thought the major points of this movie are. You might not remember them or think these aren't major points. We're going to see what happens. I'm very excited for your very quick beat by beat. So I'm wondering if you're going to do this in like one breath. Oh no, this can't be one breath. There's so many there's so many plot points in this movie, none of which matter. Okay, great. Take it away. So the movie starts out during the war. Sure. <laughs> the big one. The second one. Yeah, the big one. The, well, yeah. I don't know what the war nicknames are. Phil and <laughs> I already forgot their names. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Davis and Wallace are war buddies. And... Phil! Phil Davis. Oh. Yeah, see, it doesn't help when they both have also first names. Phil, (laughs) Davis, Bob, Wallace. All of those are first names. Okay, go on. Davis and Wallace are war buddies. The war is ending. Their general is retiring. At one point, Phil saves Wallace from a building falling on him, and he kind of milks that throughout the movie to get him to do things. Sure. They go back to New York and start a production company, Wallace and Davis' production company, the act gets huge. They do all, all sorts of like Broadway shows, vaudeville type shows, um, and there's a big montage of that in the beginning. They're going all around recruiting other people, and so they go down to Florida at the end of the year to go see The Sister Act, which is Betty and Judy Haynes. Mm-hmm. And they immediately are like, hey, these guys are great. Let's try and get them in the show. But they're like, oh, we're going up to Vermont for the Christmas season to put on a show at an inn in vermont and so wallace and davis decide hey let's go with you guys why not that sounds like fun or davis decide that decides this and wallace is like i guess so (laughs) yeah that's more accurate the whole movie is danny Kaye's character phil davis just saying we're gonna do things and then bing crosby being like i guess i don't have a say in the matter so for some reason because you saved me during the war (laughs) he's like sometimes i wish that building did fall on me (laughs) relatable (laughs) anyway they go to vermont for christmas but there's no snow oh no so they're gonna have to cancel but who owns the inn but wallace and davis's former general from the military wow yeah and the inn is going under because there's no snow and so there's nobody coming there's nobody coming up to vermont for the winter yeah and so wallace and davis decide hey let's bring our entire show from new york up upstate to vermont up multiple states to to Vermont. Everything north of New York City is upstate. That's fair. And they decide we're going to put on a show. And that's kind of the whole crux of the movie is them preparing to put on this show and trying to help save this inn. Some of the other plot points in this movie is that Phil and Judy are trying to set up Bob and Betty throughout Mm. the entire movie. You know, they're kind of pushing them together, creating schemes. At one point, they fake an engagement, but it kind of blows up in their face. Yeah. At one point, Bob goes on the ed harris tv show to try and get his whole army division to come up to celebrate the general because the general is depressed and not allowed to go back in the army because he's too old was he a decorated general with a heart of gold he sure was (laughs) 
He sure was a decorated general with a heart of gold. <laughs> if diff- you weren't in middle school, high school, and in love with someone who knew every lyric to the general. He said, I have seen the others and I have discovered <laughs> that this fight is not, not worth fighting. fighting. Anyway, they want to bring him up there to show appreciation for him. And then eventually everybody comes up. They put on the show. It's great. Bob and Betty fall in love, and uh, it snows. Yeah. And that's the movie. Yeah. Like, it's a musical. Didn't it is a musical. That? It is through and through a musical. Yeah. Yeah. It I is. mean, it is like a classic musical where there is seemingly more singing than lines. And there's a lot of filler. Oh, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler that we're going to get into. So, you know, that's there's my recap. There's the old man song. No, there's not an old man song. There's not an old man the song? The general doesn't sing. Oh. There's a song about the old man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the recap. But unless there's anything else specifically you wanted me to highlight. Uh, no, I mean, I just, I could get into my notes at this yeah. point. Let's let's just go ahead and jump in. I, I have a fair number of notes and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Uh, let's start with what's the runtime of this movie? The runtime of this movie is, I think, like two hours and 20 minutes. It's too long. It's, it's too long. I remember this movie being long. Partially because, you know, I watched it a lot in choir where, you know, you'd break it up into like 50 minute chunks or 40 minute chunks. And look, I'm all for a musical being lengthy. Sure, sure. Famously, Hamilton's 8 million hours long. My favorite movie is literally The Sound of Music, which takes a week to watch. It's a long movie. (laughs) You know, I really enjoyed watching this, I want to say. That, you know, I've been making bits and bobbles here. But I, I really enjoyed this film. There's something so delightful about the Christmas spirit, about yeah. a musical, about something vaguely New York, but not in New York, about mm-hmm. an inn. I'm here for it. I love it all. There were a lot of numbers, like a <laughs> lot of numbers. And I understand that this was just like the era. And in 1954, like, what else did you have going on? If right. you were going to pay money to go see a movie, make it worth your while. Right. It, it felt like one of those things where in everyone's contract, there was a clause that everyone had to have a certain number of song and dance time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, everyone, all of the four leads had their each their own, like, solo, solo dance number, yeah. solo song number, and, like, the middle drags. Yeah, the middle drags. It is one of those, like, we're putting on a show movies, you know? And so it's like a show within a show. And I am at this point in my theater and film love that I'm like, goodness gracious, Another movie about movies or another play about plays. Yeah, but to be fair, this is from 1954, so it... Right, it's like one of the quintessential ones. Yeah, and this is a... I really like this movie a lot, too. No, I I loved it. Again, I remember it being long, and it's remained long. Yeah, it remains long, and just for people who want to, like, revive classic old theater, old Hollywood things, recommend. This is a good one to do. This is, you know, great for, like, every community theater ever. Mm -hmm. I will say... (laughs) I know that writers are supposed to write what they know, but, like, we need screenwriters and theater writers to stop writing about movies every year, every year, still to this day. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, if I have to watch one more of these. It's been done, and it's been done great, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this movie is. So my major notes are, goodness, this is long, and my negative notes, that is, and also that it's a, a movie about a play, or a show, rather. Right. There is one more thing I want to point out. Which is, this seems to be like Irving Berlin's kind of thing. And I don't mind it because in this film, because it's about World War II. But it is a little like army propaganda. Oh, yeah. There's a definite military propaganda. And like nationalism, which is like, okay, 
thing. Yeah. But but it, I don't mind. I actually think it's it's very sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you and I talk about this all the time, that the military is a complicated thing. But I think it's very, like, loving and nice. And, you know, men showing love and appreciation for each other is yeah. very sweet in this, in this movie. I think in my mind, this is less military propaganda as it is military appreciation maybe yeah you know because it's the whole the whole crux of this this general is that he basically got pushed out of the military because he was too old and he wants to go back and he can't because he's too old and so it's just all of the people that he who served under him showing appreciation for him and trying to help him out even though he's like stern old military man who's like i don't need i don't need your help don't worry about me I will say, too, there's actually, like, some very good nuanced conversations that they have with him about, like, hey, rest and relaxation and having a nice, quiet life is good. Yeah. Like, don't take this personally. You have a... You have a beautiful inn in Vermont, my guy. Yeah. What <laughs> like, more could you want? What more could you want? <laughs> yeah. Like, his family's there, and it's it seems like he's... He's having Should a be time. in a good place. But, yeah. But you know. you know what? Life life is tough, and, and I appreciate him, you know growing throughout the film but i i really loved it i thought the performances were really good it's sweet it's a fun time i can see enjoying this with like a grandmother yeah for sure it's <laughs> she says like an alien <laughs> i can imagine that spending Under, time with wait. your family watching this movie could be nice <laughs> in some universe <laughs> Moving on. Uh, What did you think about this film? Yeah, well, like I said, I really like this movie. I've always liked this movie. It's a pretty good, feel-good Christmas movie. I will say there are a lot of of the show numbers in this movie that are not Christmas-themed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, to that point, the whole thing is they're bringing their New York City show up to Vermont just to do at Christmas at this inn. Yeah. Their show is not necessarily a Christmas show, so I guess that makes sense. But it, it felt weird. There was a couple numbers, like the minstrel show number that's like 11 minutes long, where it's like, okay, I got it. Everybody's got a solo. Everybody's got a song and dance. It is really long. It's very long. And it's, we don't actually see the show. We see the dress rehearsals of the show throughout. And so this is the part that drags for me. And it's the other one, which felt like a fever dream, is there's a song that Danny Kay headlines in it and this is clearly like in danny k's contract being like i need my own number number it is called choreography oh my god and this this number is we talk about movies about movies and movies about plays this is too meta this is a number that is like satirical about how choreography and dancing are different within a play that has a lot of choreography and also dancing but then within a that play is then within a movie about musicals <laughs> and dancing and he's it's everybody's in very weird specific you know like purple purple outfits and it's at this point in the movie where I was like I get it I got it <laughs> and it's very eccentric and I you know like I'm all for like a weird eccentric number in a sure. musical or in a play or in a, something like that but like I didn't need it in this movie <laughs> Yeah, the tone's weird, and I do remember when it came on, you were like, oh, this is the room that you walk into in the museum, and you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, like, I, I love everything that's happening. I didn't remember this number. Sure. I mean, how could you? <laughs> like, it came on, and I was like, is this like an extended version? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I feel like I've never seen this part of the show. <laughs> Maybe it was one that was like cut for TV. You yeah, know, if it was yeah, ever played for sure. Like this is the one that was like, who's who's watching this? Yeah, in the past I have complained a lot, and and I will give exceptions to like old theater and old musicals that I don't love a musical where a lot of the musical numbers don't advance the plot, mm-hmm. and this is like textbook that. <laughs> We've talked a lot about like eleven o'clock numbers. God, this is a three. <laughs> yeah, this is this isn't even on the clock. This is. <laughs> but I want to re- reiterate. I like this movie a lot. There's just bits in the middle that I'm like, we don't need this. <laughs> and those are all the notes I have. But do you have any fun facts and trivia for us? I know you wanted to talk about Holiday in a bit. Yeah, I sure do. So. As mentioned in the intro, I thought this movie was Holiday Inn because I had seen Holiday Inn on Broadway mm. when it starred Corbin Blue, High School Musical's Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. And that was a perfectly fine show. Sure. There was some controversy that the show didn't need to be remade, Holiday Inn that is, because mm-hmm. the movie's like pretty racist. But... I was told White Christmas was significantly less problematic, which that is correct. Yeah, I didn't remember it being problematic. No, and it, it and wasn't. it wasn't. Beyond it being 1954. Yeah. So. <laughs> and just that there were no people of color in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That said, as I was watching this movie, White Christmas, once we got to the inn in Vermont, I did keep thinking, isn't this basically Holiday Inn? Which it's not, but... It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never seen Holiday Inn, so I'll take your word for it. But I mean, the movie's called Holiday Inn, so I would imagine it's got some similarities. Yeah, so the plot of Holiday Inn is there is a hotel and holidays are celebrated at that inn. Sure. And there are vague love stories. Okay. So Is it told over the span of the year? Yeah. But also, literally, the titular song White Christmas was written for Holiday Inn first. Gotcha. And was then recycled, and a film was written around it, not unlike Last Christmas, mm. the greatest Christmas film of all time. The greatest Christmas film of all time. Art. Art. Pure art. art. 2019's Last, Last Christmas. Christmas. This is usually where I would plug that episode and say, if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. But I think at this point, it's pretty much our most listened to episode. Okay. Counterpoint. Go listen to it again. It's a great episode. <laughs> I'll listen to it right now. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki. Could you imagine inserting that full episode in the middle of the year? That's our April Fool's prank. You would never believe it, but he was a ghost. <laughs> this episode's off the rails i love it another fun fact is that berlin is the only academy award presenter and academy award winner to open the envelope and read their own name Mm -hmm. which is what happened when he won for white christmas yeah that's such a fun thing i always i always wondered if that was a possibility for somebody to open the envelope and be like and the winner is (laughs) me yeah (laughs) so the result of this that was so awkward for berlin since he had to present the oscar to himself um, was that the academy changed the rules of protocol for the following year to prevent the situation from arising again that makes sense so if you're nominated you you can't present your own award your own award at the academy awards because i feel like sometimes i've seen it in other award ceremonies maybe i don't i don't watch this award season's not a thing in our home another fun fact is that rosemary clooney is related to the one and only george clooney himself yes yes rosemary was george's aunt 
Oh, that's yeah, neat. super super delightful. We love that. We do. Do you have any more fun facts just to wrap it up? Yeah, I've got three just quick and easy fun facts. Beautiful. So Percy Helton, who plays the railroad conductor, okay. also appears in another holiday movie playing the drunk Santa Claus at the beginning of a great, great. 12 Days Pod episode. on 34th Street? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's That's the amazing. same person. Well, good for him. Yeah, he really had a knack for cameos and... Christmas movie. It's just bit parts. So. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. White Christmas premiered at the famed Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Like on, on the screen? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know people watched movies there. I mean, that would make sense. I don't I don't know. I don't know how movies work. I don't, I don't know where people watch movies. That's cool. I guess you could watch a movie. I, now I'm second guessing myself. I mean, the line on IMDb is just premiered at the famed Radio City Music Hall. I don't have a lot of background. You could pull the screen down and certainly project it there. I don't know why. I don't know why we're questioning why they couldn't do that. They could definitely do that. I wasn't questioning it until you started questioning it. I know. My last fun fact is that during The Best Things Happen While You're Dancing, where Danny Kay and Vera Ellen are dancing, Danny is wearing gray and Vera Ellen is wearing pink. Mm -hmm. And pink and gray was the color combination of 1954. Wow. Yeah. That was a style. That's a pretty good color combo. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. No, not with it. It is. It's. It's very 1950s <laughs> yeah exactly it is very 1950s yeah i can imagine a like a cake that has like gray and pink frosting on yeah it. a lot of fondant Ew. Ugh. Ugh. hey you made me a cake that was gray once i did <laughs> so a little... i think you tried to make it pink if i'm not no mistaken. no no. i tried to make it purple so um... what happened was one time i made kara a cake it was not for any event we just had a box cake and yeah we wanted dessert and this this box cake had been in our, our pantry for a while. The, the cake itself was fine. Yeah. And the frosting... Looked like cement. The problem was that the frosting was already like an off-white beige color when I tried to make mix the colors together. And then I also might have used expired food coloring. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And so I tried to make it purple. And no matter how much color I kept adding, it just kept turning gray. I've never seen something so gray. I've never seen food so gray. Yeah, it was pretty gray. It was like a cartoon gruel color. I, I, don't, I don't think I could replicate it. No, no, not at all. I didn't even use every color. I was just mixing blue and red together to try and get it to be purple. And it just would not would not go. Uh, so if you ever need to make a gray cake for any reason, use expired food coloring yeah. and off-white frosting. <laughs> I can see it on your face that you'd forgotten that this had happened. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> but I do remember I also put some sprinkles on it and looked amazing. I think they were also gray sprinkles. No, they were very bland colored sprinkles. <laughs> the cake did not taste very good. No, it didn't taste bad at all. You just had this weird reaction to its visual aesthetic, which is understandable. I think yeah. I ate that whole cake. Yeah, I didn't eat a lot of it. I remember being upset by it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for my fun facts. Fun. I love that. Alrighty, gang. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As per tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is this for you? Dan. I am going to give this 
10 lords a-leaping. So am I. You are? Yes. Yeah, it feels like a solid 10. Yeah. It's very wholesome, very good, very Christmassy. I love the songs. I love the dances. I love the vibe. As we mentioned, it drags in the yeah. middle, you yeah. know, but it doesn't it doesn't drag to a point where I it's unwatchable. You know, I, I really like this movie and I've seen it a lot and I'll probably see it again. Yeah, I thought it was exactly a 10 out of 12, you yeah. know, a 5 out of 6. I really... Nice math. <laughs> good fractions. Thank Thank you so much. Um, I really thought it was, you know, really delightful. I remember saying during it, like, oh, I want to put this on in the background while we, like, bake Christmas cookies this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I'll sit down and, like, consciously rewatch it, Mm -hmm. but it just, it's, you know, long and and it it doesn't require a lot of attention, but, like, I'm happy to have it on and I'm happy to buy it on Blu-ray or DVD. Maybe. It's on Netflix. Let's. You know, I'm not going out of my way to buy this movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, I exactly thought Ten Lords a Leaping, which I think is fitting given all the choreography. Yeah, I mean, most of the upper echelon of the twelve days, twelve days cranking are dancing related. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Nine ladies dancing. Eight. Eight maids of milking. Is eight not. maids of milking is dancing, baby. If you're doing it right. <laughs> Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We are only 71 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. Join us next week as we take a look back at 2018's The Grinch, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. This is our second Grinch on 12 Days Pod, so be sure to listen in for some excellent insight as to which is the better Grinch movie to watch at Christmas. Neither of us have seen this Grinch yet, so it's going to be a new experience for us. We're going to go see what Bumble Crumble has to offer as the Grinch. Bumble Crumble? Bumble Crumble. (laughs) Absolutely. If you haven't listened to our episode on Ron Howard slash Jim Carrey's The Grinch, go back and listen to it. That way you can also compare and contrast our episodes as we will be comparing and contrasting The Grinches. We love meta things on our podcast. (laughs) We sure do. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.